Hello everyone and welcome back to Two Average Brothers and today we will be talking about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show and we are joined by our friend who's also a fellow Star Wars nerd, Mean Monger. Hey, what's up everybody? And of course we have my brother who's actually deciding to show up for once. There's another video. Do video games equal Star Wars? Because we're talking about Star Wars. I feel like it's very... Like co co cohesive thing. With that video that was not put that well together, but okay. <laughs> There's our channel. <laughs> the editing is. I will take credit for that. So, Fatty Kiernan, initial thoughts on the Obi Wan show? Um, I like the uh, slow character building of Obi Wan Kenobi. Big fan. Yeah, when they initially announced this series, I was a little concerned because I was like, "What are we gonna do on Tatooine?" I thought Obi Wan was just kind of being and hiding the whole team but i really like the sort of darker mature tones they're taking with this and highlighting obi-wan's trauma so for me this being kind of a more mature show in the star wars disney plus lineup uh definitely a pleasant surprise yeah yeah it really was um because you can see like the ptsd on his face and for those of you who have played fallen order it's Very also cohesive it's also kind of <laughs> It's also kind of like along those lines where you see the Jedi recuperating from the trauma of Order 66. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through the first three episodes. Well, just me and Fatty are going to do episode three because you did not watch it. I did not watch it yet. Yeah, and uh, believe me, you don't want that spoiled. So episode one, it opens up in probably the best way possible with a montage of the prequels, basically. That's the only way Disney can make Star Wars good is with <laughs> going back to the past. Here's the highlight. We're just going to show you the good parts. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, no, they gave Jar Jar Binks a little highlight in that reel, too. Time has been really nice to the prequels. Like, yes. They're starting to get way more appreciated now. And I have to say, they definitely have their place, even though people have really been critical of those movies. Yeah, because... You're right, they are aging a lot better, I know. Yeah, that. yeah, they have, and, like, people are finally being like, hey, Hayden Christensen actually did his job portraying Anakin. Hayden, I never thought it was bad, definitely no, serviceable. I, like, I, I know, didn't, and he was just playing the role he was given in the prequels. They brought such great world-building with the clones, new planets. Diving into episode one, it opens up with the Order 66 scene. Yeah, super intense. Um, I was not expecting to get thrown into the siege on the Jedi Temple, like, that early, like, immediately going into the, the saga. And I'll tell you, if they were if they were trying to get me glued to the screen immediately, they succeeded wildly. I mean, that Order 66 scene, the, the tension ramping up with the oh, young yeah. lane, that badass Jedi that was, like, trying to guide them through the temple, perfectly yeah. done. And I, I like how they kind of open it. They're, like, you know, doing some, like, their Jedi meditating or whatever, then immediately a clone comes through and just starts shooting. And right. you're just full force into it. Then the montage. Then we enter the beginning of the show. And um, Obi-Wan's by himself on Tatooine. And you see the life he's kind of taken. He's, like you said, he's a hermit. He works in, like, a fish market. His life is super depressing. Was it a fish? What kind of market? I know that was a meat market. Yeah, it was like it looked like a giant fish that was in the... Like sand whale. Yeah, I don't sand whale. know if it was a great dragon, but... It looked like some kind of giant sand whale. I'm maybe uh, maybe a greater nerd than for, I can pop the vertebrae and identify it, but so, I don't know. Have we spent too much time on Tatooine with the Mandalorian? And how how does a place so desolate have so much resources? Is that what kind of makes it cool? It has like hidden resources because it you know the population there is always uh, is always moving. 
Thanks, guys. Yeah, well, that brings up sort of like a Dune line of questioning where, you know, we're not sure what's going on underneath the sand because we're following all of these characters that live on top of it. But, yeah. you know, they do establish there's a cave system. You know, you see a Sarlacc pit. Um, there's crate dragons that are on Tatooine. So there, there's clearly some kind of ecosystem that exists, at least at some sort of mid-level below right. the surface. Really, one of the big moments of the first episode was the Inquisitors hunting just a random Jedi on Tatooine. And it kind of seemed like a mislead for the audience, because obviously you'd assume they're hunting Obi-Wan, but he's pretty much vanished as far as the Empire is concerned. And then you meet a character who hasn't really become a fan favorite, Reva. What do you guys think about her? I don't. I, I, don't, I haven't formed an opinion yet. I just think she's a little over the top. And they're kind of giving her, like, that loose cannon, no-nonsense type of vibe, you know what I mean? I agree, I get it. I think that's intentional, though, definitely. Loose yeah. cannon, high, really over the top. But realistically, if we're looking at the history of Star Wars villains, are they not all kind of over the top a little bit? I mean, I guess. She's just kind of... Theatrical, maybe? Yeah, like, so... When they're hunting that first Jedi in the saloon, she throws the knife at him, which was actually a smart move. And then later, when that Jedi, well, that same Jedi, she didn't, she wanted to kill him, but then jumping ahead into episode two, she didn't want to kill someone else. So it's just like, I feel like her character has been kind of inconsistent with her loose cannon vibe. Oh, may I say the one thing she was inconsistent about, she's asking everyone questions, and then the, uh, she apparently has the force ability to read minds. Is that only on a, when it's when when it's uh, helpful for the writing, yeah, they do they do help her out with the plot. The Inquisitors is is fear also because they were in a very public saloon. The people were clearly scared. I think they're also trying to maintain that image of fear. Yeah. You know, yes, she could probably force force it out of somebody, uh, but is that really necessary when everybody there is clearly terrified of them? Like, why bother? It's not. She really felt like she could get the information anyway. We we, had, we saw him. But she could have done it with um, uh, the the uncle to Anakin. Like then oh, she Uncle Owen? Uncle Owen. She could yeah, have got the Yeah, she could have just been like, Owen. oh, yeah. you're hiding something. Yeah. I mean, that's either here or there. They still don't use force speed. It's only ever been shown once. So it might be one of those like, yeah. throwaway yeah. things. I was just going to say, there... I get what you're saying. There's probably more egregious examples of, like, you know, that kind of writing. Uh, But at least for me, it wasn't bad enough to take me out of this. Right. I'll give you my suspension of disbelief. That took me out of it. But that really wasn't one of them. No, no. You earned my my suspension of disbelief with that for sure. We move on. Just something I wanted to bring up. And something I wanted to get back to that bar scene, though, what I thought was really a well done character feature there was. You know, to show her annoyance with the Grand Inquisitor and then throwing the knife is in, like, her being impatient. Yeah. Like, showing that clearly she's impulsive. She clearly has her own other thing that she's doing, op- like, aside from what the Inquisitors are actually there for. And also in how the Jedi reacted, um, you kind of get the impression from how he's interacting with his environment around him and kind of looking at things. You know, in my mind, it's easy to think he was probably some Padawan that is just in over his head and now is an adult, yeah. never really trained as a Jedi. Yeah, because he, felt, clearly he felt like one of the kids that ran away from Order 66 that made it alive yeah. and still has very raw, not like very raw, 
but some skills like those of you who played Fallen Order kind of along those lines cohesive yeah and one interesting thing I did want to mention so have you guys watched the animated Clone Wars series the miniseries not the full series okay so in in the full one there's an arc where Obi-Wan is taken prisoner and you see his will broken seeing him in that fish market just kind of reminded me of that I don't know if they drew any inspiration from it but like that that one worker who was you know snuffed out of some money you he wanted to do something but he knew he couldn't so right. and that that's also a good job showing like this show's done a really good job showcasing how terrified Obi-Wan is to be the man that he was before right and i really love when shows do the the show not tell mm-hmm kind of storytelling. Unlike the Halo Nick show. Look great with that. Let it go. <laughs> Let it go. <laughs> the Mandalorian is great with that. But I think that's another sort of really clever trick about how they introduce that other Jedi first to sort of serve as like a juxtaposition between how he's dealing with this situation versus how Obi-Wan's dealing with it. Because well, Obi-Wan is clearly keeping his cool and right. not getting it. But Obi-Wan like, feels responsible for a lot setting. more. Well, what you yeah. have here is the classic, like, um, young guy ready to get going and the old guy that's been beaten down, and they really show that really well. Yeah. And then one other thing I want to point out that was really cool, Uncle Owen's a badass. He's standing yeah. up to Kenobi and Reva, and he doesn't care. Like, some lady's arm got, sh- or her hand got chopped that off. That was intense. And, and then he's just there, like... Ma'am, <laughs> she didn't scream yeah. at all. Well, though. I like how he's still hold, he's still being stubborn and like yeah. holding on to his anger for Obi Wan to the point where he doesn't care about the other stuff going on around him. Yeah, that that was really cool to see. And well, also, one of the cool things that I did is that seemed sort of after I watched the first two episodes, I went back and I watched A New Hope again, nice. and they really did such a good job of like those scenes between Owen and Obi Wan, just adding so much more weight and context to some of the conversations that Uncle Owen has with Luke later on in the first Star Wars movie. They did a really good job of tying that together. Yeah, and then one other cool cameo. That's a cool thought. I yeah. Like that. One other like cool little Easter egg was the toy that Obi-Wan gives Luke is the one he's playing with in A New Hope. So Right, just, yeah. Just some neat stuff tying it together. And then, so, at the end of Episode 3, Yoda says that Obi-Wan has another mission, and that's to learn how to transcend into the Force past death. And you can see him in the show reaching out to Qui-Gon Jinn. So I'm guessing at this point he hasn't finished that training. Yes, and that's actually something I was going to touch on that I forgot about. So thank you for bringing that up. I really love in this series because we've seen two different Obi-Wans up mm-hmm. to this point, right? We've seen Clone Wars era Obi-Wan, who is kind of self-assured, a little sassy, but a very powerful Jedi Master. We've seen the original trilogy uh, Obi-Wan, who is kind of an old hermit, clearly not as strong as he used to be, but still, like, you don't mess with him. He's still a badass. So it's really interesting to see depressed, trauma-filled <laughs> PTSD Obi-Wan, who clearly still has to meditate on what happened to get over all of his old things. Yeah. And the reason that's cool is because you can tell it's interfering with his ability to really tap into the Force, which, again, shows how strong the Jedi are and how important Jedi training is and meditation to a Force user because for some reason in some of the more recent movies, that seems to just come very easily <laughs> to some people. Oh, yeah. training. Yeah. That's all I'm, I'm just going to leave that there. We're not going to go into all that. Right, right. Well, let's... I feel like that it brings a little bit more respect to Force users in that this is a very serious thing. Right. You need decades of training to master yeah. this. 
And even a Jedi Master who is not in the right mind can have difficulty harnessing the Force. You know, I think it's I think why we enjoy that so much is because throughout our daily lives, things carry a lot of weight, and we show respect for it. You know, anytime you go over a challenge, you get a degree in school. Like you can't just go to school and then boom, you know, you you have your master's degree. So that's why, like, when you see in the new movies, it just oh, it's just there. It's like, like no, it, it yeah. It takes away from the weight of the situation. Yeah, well, I don't know. He's not the emperor's daughter, so yeah. <laughs> all right, Mo- moving on. So later in the episode, I didn't expect to see Alderaan, and um, it actually becomes okay. I already know why you're laughing. So we are introduced to Leia as a kid, and I gotta admit, watching her—I need a whiskey. Being, yeah, go get me one too. Watching her be a free spirit, this bright young mind. I thought it was a little cheesy and Disney hokey, but it kind of fits the theme of Star Wars. And then all of a sudden she runs into some bounty hunters. Yeah, you, you, gotta, you gotta be here for this line. So right. Leia runs into some bounty hunters and they can't stop her. Flea can't stop her. He's addicted to the shindig. Are, are we gonna agree, by the way, that... Did Fatty catch the Red Hot Chili Peppers joke? Did you catch the Red Hot Chili Peppers joke? Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> Okay. back to what you were saying. I was say, oh no, I was just I was adding on to that because I was just saying I was like, can we can we all agree that his character name doesn't matter and we're just going to call him Flea? Yeah, he's basically yeah, oh, sure. like Bill Burr in the Mandalorian. No one cares. Now go get go get us some whiskey. It made so much sense as to why he was wearing. I feel like he picked out his shirt. <laughs> What's that? No, I I, I was people, agreeing with you. Oh. Go get us some whiskey. Wearing that, and they were like, oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this guy just got done with rehearsal. Wanna wanna be in Star Wars? Okay. Yeah, so... Um, Alright, they had a lot of trouble catching a 10-year-old girl. Way too yeah. much trouble. And yeah. then, okay, before, I, before we go into that, because I have words for that. Before okay. we go into that, though, I just want to... I don't want to skip over how excited I was to see Alderaan, because that was really great. We haven't... That's one of the planets that we just haven't really spent a lot of time on. Yeah. And again, going back and watching A New Hope after the first two episodes oh. of Obi-Wan was great because you got to see Alderaan and get a little bit more of a connection there and see the people before it's, you know, spoiler alert, blown up in the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, Leia, one day this planet will be your responsibility. Bam! <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Bale. Yeah. One thing I do want to point out real quick. So you touched on some juxtaposition earlier, and then I noticed some of it when I wrote down notes before we started recording. Bale is good juxtaposition to Owen. Bale wants yeah. Obi-Wan to be a Jedi again. Owen wants him just to fuck off, basically. Leia gets captured, and then this is Obi-Wan's Wait, coming out of retirement party. But we do have to address the Leia chase scene. Oh, yeah, go for it. Uh, that was, I, I think you guys kind of already, already mentioned it, but I just feel like that wasn't necessary. No. And that, I, I referenced before that there were some scenes that took me out of it. Overall, very yeah. strong first episode, very strong first two episodes. Yeah. So that's really the scene that I'm referencing, where they're trying to catch this little girl, and they're like right behind her. She's slipping, she's slipping through branches, and the guys are just running into the branches, and you're like, "What is this?" Yeah. So uh, my initial thought on the first two episodes was I did not dislike them by any means. I liked them, but they didn't hit the mark for me. Seeing what what the show was showcased to be. You have Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor reprising their roles. So I was just kind of expecting more, but not to skip ahead. You see where the payoff comes in episode three. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, I'm willing to give it some time. Yeah. yeah. On the first two episodes, I absolutely love them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're just getting that right out of the way. Yeah. In my mind, 
the that premiere rivaled the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. It and is it, on that. It, it also helps that it's Obi Wan. <laughs> Right, and it's open, but I really love the pacing and uh, the the themes for this. And here's something I'm starting to realize, and this may be danger of me going off on an unrelated rant here. But what I've realized about Star Wars in general, we just have to be realistic about what the movies are in this economy. The movies are the money maker. The movies drive the toys. The movies bring in the fans. The movies bring in new fans. The movies bring in kids. All of the money is in the movies, so they have to make those movies as widely appealing to as many demographics as possible yeah, yeah. which means you kind of lose some of the fans there have you ever and heard the I saying i was a little disappointed with that and i was a saying? little upset about that when i realized it but now i understand what they're doing the movies are there to make as much money as possible and the tv shows are for the fans and i'm loving it yeah and they've announced a lot of upcoming tv shows because so, what they're doing with the movies, it's like, okay, I get it. Not really my cup of tea. It's for the kids. Whatever, that's fine. I understand. The TV shows, I mean, what are we getting? We're getting Obi-Wan Kenobi show. We're getting Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka. I mean, these are all... Andor just, actually looks really Andor. cool. Yeah, and Andor looks really good because of the newest, most modern movies, I mean, let's be real, the best one was Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to give us more Andor, it's like, oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. So let's uh, go on into episode two. Wait, uh, any final thoughts? Yeah, closing on, thoughts on episode one? On episode one? I think we kind of already I already got my thoughts yeah. out there. I just really appreciated... Um, I appreciated the slow build. I know... Oh, one people, thing I, I forgot to mention. Christensen and Ewan McGregor, but I love that we just kind of focused on his darkness yeah. and Obi-Wan's internal conflict. One thing I forgot to mention, that Jedi that was on... Tatooine that whole episode he's hanging in the town square that's pretty intense that that was like I wasn't expecting that out of a Disney show uh, right and the and slow pain out from his ankles I'm like oh my I yeah and then do this Obi Wan hanging him but and then you know at least it wasn't by the neck but yeah still, that's not a great that's that's a very strong image for Disney to take yeah I know and then you have Obi Wan just looking there like like yep I I want to be a Jedi again I guess. Then and again, you see how broken he is. He yeah, he was hesitant like, to get off world. Like, he doesn't even look angry. He's just so accepting of this state of where Jedi are right now. I was waiting for him to say the whole time that he doesn't like uh, to fly. I was waiting for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm kind of glad they had some opportunities here to, like, reference themselves and be like, oh, I always hate flying. Or, like, oh, blasters, so uncivilized so uncivilized or yeah. Yeah. Oh, hello, like, they had opportunities to go to the meme lines but and i'm glad they showed glad, restraint yeah. here because yeah. it would have distracted from the story yeah you need the serious tone of this show exactly like yeah. once you get a feel for the tone you realize like those things would have been funny but they would not have been appropriate for what they were doing in this <laughs> it show. would have been like the spider-man movie no <laughs> The, like the new, the new no, was a fun. I'm movie. making a joke. No, but it was. I'm just saying, it was a fun movie. All right. Okay. Let's let's jump into episode two now. I got my Spider-Man back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got Andrew Garfield. Good for you. He's not. No. <laughs> no. All right. We're not going off on a side no. tangent. He likes Tom Holland. Episode. Who episode two. So. He's the only Spider-Man. Can you shut suit. up with your rambling? <laughs> Okay, you and I, we're going to have a different video about Spider-Man. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, episode two, Obi-Wan's off-world. He tracks down Leia to the planet she's on. And 
One thing I will say that that clone trooper that was begging for money, I'm not gonna lie, I, I just thought it was some random hobo that found the armor that, uh, the first time I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> that scene to me was just absolute proof of how hard Ewan McGregor just nails this role of over. Yeah. Oh, because he was. No words are said. That is another example of show me, don't tell me, where he sees a clone trooper and you can see he's. That's just all of his ghosts from his past, and he's recollecting recollecting all of his interactions mm-hmm. with this trooper, yeah. and he sees this trooper down on his luck, and he's remembering his own guys, but nothing is said, and you can just see that wave of emotion on his face. They nailed that scene, and it was yeah. just such a small little moment, but to me, it really, that almost is, stuck with me more than anything else from that episode. That builds gotta, the character. And I oh, gotta well, say uh, that the costume design has been absolutely on point. Yeah. Just from... Um, um, God, what, what the name of the uh, the Jedi hunters? The Inquisitors. The Inquisitors. When he first panned up, when he first walked in, and his uh, pants were just like the uh, Germans were. Oh I was yeah. like, oh, oh sh- yeah. Some evil stuff. Yeah, they've never really been subtle about their uh, imagery <laughs> yeah. with uh, Star Wars villains. <laughs> so, like you were saying about some of the callbacks that they they showed restraint on one they subtly put in there was so the girl that goes up to obi-wan offers to sell him spice which is a drug but that reminded me of the episode two scene where the guy's trying to sell him death sticks in the club yeah exactly i kind of try i I smile to myself in that scene too and and the girl who was selling him the spice was ewan's daughter in real life oh that's cool yeah so that that was a cool little scene then you know jumping forward a little uh, the Inquisitors show up again. Then you kind of see Reva being a cheesy villain. Like, she's just pushing through people going like, MOVE! <laughs> like, kind of laughed at some of her trying to be tough. But, yeah. Uh, um, but we, we, we kind of skipped over the part, like, um, where, you know, he finally did go off-world. Was there a reason why when he went on the ship to go off-world that he showed his lightsaber? Did they... Did he... I think that was a tease for the fans. Was that, that was, yeah, that was that was, that was purely for the goosebumps. Oh yeah, well, no, yeah. I don't know about that because you saw um, Mando had to store all of his weapons. He had to strip down all of his weapons. Yeah. And weapons is his religion, and so is the Jedi's lightsaber. So yeah, maybe only Jedi's. Oh, and he has Anakin's care. lightsaber too. Because remember in the first episode they dug him out of the sand. Yeah, I don't think they were really going for continuity there with yeah. Mandalorian. I think you know he was putting his. Well, the Mandalorian's way later. Trailer showed the lightsaber and i think that was just for us to go oh he's got his lightsaber yeah. he's accepting the path of the jedi well i mean he already uh, picked it up oh, okay. Yeah. anyways okay so he's on he's on the new world he sees he gets introduced to the to the uh army vet the spice and yeah he's 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 trauma he, you can see yeah. the trauma in his eyes which is awesome and then one thing that was that i really appreciated that they did was you know he finds his way to where leia is and he, there's a cqc scene and he's rusty. Yeah. Like, he has not fought in a while. That was good continuity. Yeah, he got it. beat up by uh, people who couldn't catch a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. exactly. He couldn't either in that episode. That's true. They're, they're both know. on the same plane. Okay. But one line... So, <clears throat> the first episode where they're chasing Leia through the forest on Alderaan, that, to me, there's kind of no reason for that. We could have just gone to her going to her favorite tree... And then Flea is like, we're here for you. And then somebody comes up behind her and puts puts the bag over her. Yeah, right. Flea's there. Ayo. Hey, like, <laughs> Listen to what I say, yo. <laughs> playing that bass. That's weird. <laughs> 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 Who's playing that bass? 
could have been that. Now in the second episode, when Obi-Wan is chasing her through the market, that you can you can kind of explain that one a little bit more. Yeah, he's he's, he's showing restraint. Key. There's yeah. a lot of people around. She's yeah. jumping through clothes racks. That one to me is a more forgivable than episode yeah. one. Right. So one line of dialogue I really appreciated was when they kind of capture Obi-Wan and you see his lip bleeding and then Flea's like, huh, didn't know a Jedi could bleed. And it just kind of shows that like the urban legend that Jedi are yeah. and it, like he's telling Obi-Wan he's just a man. Now. Are we just going to skip up Harold and Kumar over here? What's that? You talking about Kumail? Yeah, are we going to just pass him up? Wow. Who? Have you ever watched Harold the, and Kumar? I'm lost. Kumail, the the um, I don't remember his character name, but the, he was pretending to be a Jedi, but he was just taking advantage. Oh of yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that was kind of funny, you honestly. Sure it was racism, but yeah, <laughs> that that was that was kind of cool. It's like you know a modern uh, oh, like a future sleaze bag. Yeah, it's a scammer. Yeah, that's something that Paige and I were talking about because she she thought that was a really cool character addition because you get this big metropolis type city. There's going to be people that are taking advantage of whatever they can, and with like what you were just saying, the lore of the Jedi, surely there's people that are going to try to cash in on that. You yeah, know? totally makes sense. Yeah, and I I like how Obi Wan's just kind of like he's. It's just funny seeing him not buy any of it, and in the audience you can tell too. Like this guy's so cheesy and like a sleaze bag. Reva puts out the call for the bounty on Obi Wan's head. And then you see every bounty hunter grab a gun, which is kind of cool. Then we'll talk about one of your favorite no, characters. the coolest character. <laughs> the dinosaur bounty hunter. He was a Velociraptor. I, 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 did. I, I didn't do too much preparation for this, but Karen and I did talk about this. And we, we both agreed that this show has given us so many things we didn't know were missing from Star Wars. <laughs> and most of all, it's Raptor Bounty Hunter. <laughs> It really is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I wasn't even mad that Obi-Wan couldn't shoot him. And then, but one thing that was kind of distracting was Reva doing parkour yeah. Hold on. on the side. Yeah, yeah. Parkour. <laughs> that was kind of laughable. I The 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 Velociraptor picked up a rifle, grunted, and had a mohawk. I was just like, <laughs> I, I was so excited. I'm like, he yeah. has to get another He's scene. Clearly on his way to go fight the... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> <laughs> he, he needs a spinoff game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that character was like way too cool to be a one-off that get like dies immediately. Yeah. yeah, I was just like, no, but just to see him up there on that rooftop with a rifle, just yeah. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I wanted Obi Wan Kenobi to lose so much. I was just like, come on, the it's the Velociraptor. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? Actor? that gave like the velociraptor with tiny arms a rifle (laughs) (laughs) yeah so after our favorite new character in star wars dies just as we fall in love with him (laughs) leia falls off the side of the roof and it was cool seeing obi-wan you know like he had to use the force again it's like slowly his coming out party to being a jedi and then it's just kind of a weird transition. He just like teleports to the ground. He's right there with Leia. That that yeah. That, I I get why they. You don't want to just watch like a yeah. Movie. But we yeah. just watched all that parkour. <laughs> we watched Reva parkour and the yeah. to not make it to her destination. Kind of add to that the significance of that scene because you see her who clearly has been 
working on her connection with the force and training and she's doing force parkour like she's using the force to jump around buildings she doesn't even really need to meanwhile obi-wan who has kind of lost his connection to the force mostly at this point is kind of struggling just to catch leia right meanwhile reva's doing unnecessary force <laughs> so that just kind of goes to show like the imbalance between where obi-wan is right now and yeah. like like you know like because it does feel genuine and it would be honest if they got in a fight that obi-wan would lose like at this point right now yeah like, and uh also you know following that the fake jedi guy actually turns out that he's going to help Obi-Wan and Leia get off world. Right. And then... I do hope they go more into his background. That would be kind of fun. That seems like kind of a quick, like, oh, I only care about money. But I am actually a good guy, so I'm going to help you. But I think that also speaks to Obi-Wan's reputation among regular people. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where they develop his story. uh, Because he's clearly going to be important. And then after that, Obi-Wan and Leia find their way to the transport, and then here comes Reva, hunting him down. And then we get the reveal, Anakin is alive. And like you were saying, Ewan McGregor crushes the scene. Just the desolate look on his face, like his lip quivering. Like that, the genuine terror. I mean, Vader was kind of a myth, and obviously not many people knew who he was. And I thought it was kind of weird that Reva knew that Anakin was Vader. He's terrified. He's probably oh, heard yeah. the stories of Vader. I, I think terror is a really great word to describe that because, you know, kind of like what I was saying earlier about the different versions of Obi-Wan that we've seen so far. Um, one thing that we haven't really seen is a fearful Obi-Wan. And we no. get that. We've gotten that a lot already in this show. Yeah. And that just, it was so well done with with his expressions there and just like the recognition and the fear and of just hearing that Anakin is alive mm-hmm. uh, is was just great to watch. You know, we didn't get much um, movement in the scenes of the Velociraptor. As you saw, he didn't move much, even while <laughs> shooting. It was just kind of like... Two little T-Rex on two little, so. and then yeah. When you saw him fall off the building, it was just like watching a brick fall <laughs> off. So, I'm sorry. I really want more of it. <laughs> the one problem I had with this episode was they kind of have a huge continuity error. They killed the Grand Inquisitor, but this show takes place 9 BBY, and the Grand Inquisitor's in Star Wars Rebels, which starts in 5 BBY. Right. So that's... We've established, though, I guess it is a bit hypocritical of me to go back to The Mandalorian after I already said that they're clearly not doing continuity with The Mandalorian. But that's a but huge problem there. That was got her guts blasted out that came out wrong um <laughs> oh my god she was shot point blank <laughs> <laughs> so much In better that's so and... much better <laughs> shot point blank in the stomach yeah and she was clearly able to recover and given modifications like we yeah. see that there's modifications who? so maybe they'll go that route yeah and who, who does it i think we just have to give it time to see what hey they hold do. on who doesn't want to be saved by such a cool bike gang <laughs> those those scooters dude <laughs> uh, okay I, I will say about Boba Fett, stop getting off gonna track god get put the velociraptor on that scooter <laughs> <Hell>. <laughs> We're trying to talk about Fennec Shen getting her guts beat up, all right? 
Back on track with Obi-Wan. <laughs> You're doing a great job, actually, keeping us on track. Back on track with Obi-Wan. So the episode wraps up in the best way. We go back to the cut of... <laughs> Stop! To the old movies. No, no, not... We actually... We take place where we are. So... It cuts between the t- the look of terror on Obi Wan's face, then Vader in the back to tank. Oh my yeah, god! Vader in the back to tank, opening his eyes, dude, just chills, man. Oh my god! And then the episode ends on his breath, and it's just like yeah, you hear it, that iconic sound. There's just yeah. absolutely unmistakably only Vader sound. Yeah. Breathing. Yeah. And one I, thing that I, I like. Even though you know they they put all the makeup and green screen effect to make him look dismembered, you can still tell he looks really fucking angry. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you can. Just... Vader is nothing if not angry. Yeah, but like it's just it's presented very well, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You can tell that this guy is really angry, and you're probably wondering since Obi Wan figured out that Anakin's live, maybe in some way they're reaching out to each other in the Force, and they can like sense each other's presences in the galaxy, so they can kiss each other <laughs> and, and have a shirtless scene like this. <laughs> No, did yeah. Ray, Ray kiss the yeah, I know. Yeah. guys? Uh, okay, but. closing thoughts on episode two before you have to leave because you haven't seen episode three. Obviously, my <laughs> my only thought is Velociraptor <laughs> Bounty Hunter. You want to watch him fight Vader? Vader <laughs> <laughs> is his spinoff series. You need to know Velociraptor Bounty Hunter. No, I'm sure <laughs> yes. if you look him up yes. on if you look him up on Wikipedia, you could probably find so much lore on him. I've uh, already written something. Oh, I, I want to hear about the uh, sudden tragedy of losing all of his family in an asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> Watch him be from Earth. That asteroid shot was really just the first, was really just the warm-up of the death ray shooting. So this is where you gotta bounce. We're gonna talk about episode uh, three. I just wanted to ramble. I was having fun rambling. Yeah, I mean, I you want to stay around for spoilers. Nah, I kind of need to... No, don't. I won't let him. Episode three is so good. Yeah, I won't yeah okay. You, 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 you can come back in after we're done talking about it. Alright, let me know. I'm gonna play some PUBG. <laughs> okay, have fun on PUBG. I lose immediately. Alright, Fatty, anything you want to say while Karen is being lazy and slowly walking away? I do think, again, this kind of gets back to my previous rant about the Star Wars and TV shows being for the fans okay. and, you know, movies and all that. Also, a message to Star Wars fans, be patient. Like, we are living in the best era of Star Wars. When I was a kid and being a nerd wasn't actually cool like it is now, Yeah, I, you know, it was hard. But we are getting so many awesome series and movies, and it's such a big part of culture right now that, like, you don't have to complain about everything immediately. So I bring that up to say I love the slow pacing that they're doing with this. And I do too. Where they really focus more so on the human element of Obi-Wan and his background and story. They're clearly ramping up to something, but I definitely don't mind that at this point we haven't gotten a lightsaber duel or anything like that. I'm okay with that. One thing that I forgot to mention earlier, like in episode one, when he's asleep, again, touching on the state of his character, he's having flashbacks to the movies. And it's so cool that we can cut to something that we've seen before and it's older. It's kind of like in Cobra Kai, how they reference the old movies and the TV show. I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Because we already have that emotional connection to those movies and yeah. kind of understand the context there. So it's great to see that you know, played out again in his nightmares because we've been through that already. Yeah. And now we can move on to episode three because Karen's gone. Episode okay. three, or, well, part three, I should say. It opens up. Obi-Wan's reaching out to Qui-Gon again through the Force. And then 
we get the Vader assembly scene. And like we were talking on the phone a little bit earlier, it's a little terrifying. Every scene with Vader has it is It's terrifying. been everything I've wanted. I know, and it's so great because in the original movies, he does have that presence of being absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And people are very scared of him, and you see the commanding presence that he has. And to just witness it again with you know, the modern storytelling and, you know, all of the the wonderful technology that we have now to not oversaturate or to not give us too much of Vader, but to just highlight yeah. that imposing feel, fearful presence that he has, truly chilling. And that is one thing that in Star Wars, obviously everyone loves Vader and wants to see him on screen, but you got to use him sparingly and use him right. Exactly. Yeah. And they did it very well in Rogue One. We saw a little bit of him and then we get that cool scene at the end where he's just murdering a bunch of rebels on the ship. And then also kind of going over my lap. That was, you know, great. And then kind of going along in that same vein, we're in Vader's castle. And then he has a meeting with the inquisitors. I like how Vader's just owning it. Yeah. He's he's like, like, I don't care what you guys are doing. Give me Obi-Wan. Oh yeah. I almost died here. This is where I'm putting my throne. Yeah, and like and I love I love that Vader has a castle. I think it's so freaking cool. It's like, of course he does. He's so dramatic. He would have a castle. You know, after that, we cut back to the Obi Wan story, and he's with Leia. And I love how they run into that like random whatever that guy was who was driving the transport. I think his yeah. name was Freck. They're on that transport, and you can even see Obi Wan's hesitant to talk to anybody. Like he's just he's afraid. Yeah, and you see, and and. This is a really cool character thing they're doing with young Leia, where we know how much of a badass Leia is as an adult, how much of a natural leader and defiant leader that she is. She's one of the few people we were just talking about how scary Darth Vader is. She's one of the few people that would look him in the eye and stand up to him, you know, like Leia tops as far as like badass leaders go. And it's cool that they have some of those tendencies in Kid Leia where she is pretty defiant and she's very strong-willed and stubborn, but she's still a kid. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't know how to control it yet. And she doesn't know when to show restraint. So like when you, they do meet that guy, Obi-Wan is justifiably like, hey, we need to talk about what our story is. We need to be careful, we need to not say anything. And she's going up and saying things. And like, she clearly thinks she's being strong, but really she's kind of being stupid. But yeah. it, it's because she's just a kid. Yeah, she's 10 years old. And yeah. then that transport ride is cool because the stormtroopers come on and, you know, obviously Obi-Wan's getting anxious. Then they have to start telling their story. Then I love when he slips up and calls her Leia. Then he rebounds off of it nicely with the story. And then he just looks at her and you can see him. Like, again, Ewan McGregor crushing the scene. He's yeah. looking not at Leia. He's looking at Padme and says, she reminds me so much of her mother. And it's just like, damn i know i was like oh man with the feelings yeah that i mean he's really crushing this series and the girl i've seen the girl taking some flack too people don't like she's just a child actor but like it seems like she's been really strong in this show too you know like (laughs) he's been doing a good job and i feel like people a lot of people that are criticizing young leia in the show don't really understand that she's a kid yeah. like it makes sense that she's kind of annoying it makes sense that she's a little loud and like doesn't really seem to get what obi-wan is doing sometimes or like is being inconsistent how she's acting like yeah she's still a kid like 
I feel like people are expecting her to be this polished version of like Leia, but just smaller, and that's not realistic. Yeah, and you can't really hate on a kid actor. Exactly. Kind of, yeah, I, there, there are much worse kid actors than whoever this young lady is. She's doing. Yeah, she's job. doing fine. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's it's a little campy, you know, but. Yeah, but it's, it's the most it is what it is. Like, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not derailing the story or taking you out of it or anything. It's not derailing the story, but yeah, that scene that that hit me hard too. Where it's like, oh, she reminds me of her mother, and it's like, oof. Then, when they get Everything. to, yeah. then when they get to the checkpoint. Obi-Wan's his fighting's a little tightened up and then another surprising part is when he shoots that one stormtrooper that's on like top of that post and he falls into the rail and he just splits in half on the ground I was like they're, they're okay they're not holding back here I'm kind of liking yeah. this because they didn't even do some of that stuff in the newer video games like Fallen Order like you can't cut a stormtrooper in half so we're paying for these parental controls we're going to use these <laughs> right keep the kids away because i want to watch obi-wan yeah. be brutal but yeah i was like i i think i actually made like like a noise when that happened normally i'm very quiet i'm focused and locked in and i'm watching tv shows but i think i actually went like oh man or something like when that stormtrooper mm-hmm. got cut in half because i was just no that was surprising that them to hold that shot on the stormtrooper the entire way down and just see him get like <laughs> Like cut in half by this fence, and you're like, "Oh wow, they showed everything." Okay, yeah. this is this is a different show we're watching right now. Then after that, they go into the town. They meet up with uh, this one lady who worked for the Empire, and she saw the error of their ways, and she's helping Jedi escape. And what's cool about where it's called the Path, where I lost my shit was when they're like Quinlan Boss was here. I was like, I wanted to talk to you about that because. They clearly teed that up as somebody I'm supposed to know. He's in the Clone Wars. Character because I did not recognize that name. So Quinlan Vos is in the Clone Wars, and he's kind of like more one of those Jedi's, a bit in the same vein as Qui Gon Jinn, where he's not super like strict on following the Order and everything. And he was friends with Obi Wan, you know, during their time together in the Clone Wars. And then he also has his own side story where he has to assassinate Count Dooku. And he teams up with Asajj Ventress at this point when she's already done working for Dooku. They end up falling in love. He turns to the dark side. And then that's where his story kind of ended until now. So he was kind of a major part in like that gap in between episodes two and three. That's that's interesting. I'll have to <clears throat> I'll have to look that up because I, I will admit I've seen the, the first iteration of the Clone Wars animated series, like not the current, more modern one, but like the, the mini series that came out in like two sessions or whatever. And Asajj Ventress was in that, and I really loved, like I was immediately drawn to that character. So I just, give me more Asajj Ventress, basically, yeah. Now she is a really cool character. And then following that is when this episode gets juicy and takes it to the next level vader is in town and my god everything was so chilling just him walking through i love that one shot where he just stops there's no sound nothing just that one person leaning against the window just reaches out with the force and pulls them out and he's like choking people dragging them through the street it's just it's like god damn vader's not holding back on anyone yeah, right. So we got two and a half episodes of Detective Jedi, and we got a half episode of just this Blair Witch Project horror story with Vader, yeah. where it, it, the tone completely flips, and it's it it is scary. It, no, it it is. And again, you see Obi Wan. He's like he knows he's not up to the task now at all. And I like when 
Obi-Wan, he confronts Vader and he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm what you've made. I'm what you've made me. And then they have like their, their little lightsaber fight and Obi-Wan just getting owned. Like, yeah, he is. Again, you see the fear in his eyes when confronted yeah. with Vader. And it's, it's Vader on his own during that scene, especially when he was sort of just calmly walking through town, choking random <laughs> civilians, was terrifying on its own right. You know, that was scary. And I'm like, okay, this is scary Vader. Like, this is serious, intense Vader. But it the, it really brought it up to just a completely new level when he actually gets to Obi Wan, and you see that Obi Wan is also very scared yeah. of Vader at this point. You that fear comes back in his eyes, and it just adds so much more weight to what Vader's doing. And he can barely block his strikes. Like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's falling down just blocking. Yeah. He'd probably die to an Inquisitor where he is right now. Right. Nonetheless, Vader. And then we're like, I really lost it this episode is when he sets like, you know, that like fiberglass or whatever on the ground on fire. And there's just like a field of fire. He grabs Obi-Wan with the force. He drops his lightsaber and just pulls him into the fire and starts burning him. And he's like, your pain's only begun. I'm like, oh my God, this is terrifying. And again, Ewan's acting is so great. He's just like... You can tell, like, he's really playing it off like he's in pain. Yeah, yeah, that was great acting on his part, but what really I thought was incredible about that particular part of the scene, just the the shot choice and cinematography there mm-hmm. was, like, very much echoing and mirroring, uh, mirroring the last time they met on Mustafar 3, and you got that that terrifyingly sad shot of Anakin just being consumed by the flames and in like horrific pain. And then in this episode, you see the flames coming up and you can see Vader and Vader's mask behind the flames, watching Obi-Wan getting burned the same way he was in episode three. That, that storytelling in the shot and cinematography was so on point. Like that was such a great directorial choice. And one thing I forgot to touch on earlier in the episode. So remember, Obi-Wan's just staring out into that field and you see that cloaked figure. That yeah. was that was Hayden Christensen. Oh, like, it was. Yeah, that, that was Anakin. So he's, and that was kind of like a little bit of foreshadowing. Like he can sense his presence is close. And right. again, he just looks dumbstruck, terrified, like everything. And then he looks back and it's gone. And Leia's like, what are you yeah. looking at? It's just, it, they yeah. built they built up to the Vader moment so well and you're like, damn, this is happening. <laughs> and you're just like yeah, not ready for so it. Well. And he's, he's confronting the ghosts of his past quite literally in the form of the apprentice that he failed and thought that he killed, you know? And yeah. now he's being dragged through the flames, you know, by him. And it was so well done. Because uh, yeah, I didn't notice. I didn't notice I was hating Christensen. Uh, I just moved into my new place, and I've got a small TV in my living room. I need to get a bigger TV. No, d- don't worry. I had to. I had to watch YouTube videos to find that out. I just whoever. I I hope they just have a team or a person, and they keep this team or person consistent. That's in charge of maintaining Vader's image in the new media, because the Vader we saw in Rogue One and the Vader that we've seen in these episodes is terrifying mm-hmm. and that is exactly how he should be and don't mess with that he needs like that is vader i was yeah i was like i need someone to talk to him about all day <laughs> we've got to do this stuff right now like i gotta get all this stuff off my chest but yeah that that to me is really what sealed that menacing presence and and just the terror of vader is is you as an audience are feeling it 
and then you get that you look at obi-wan and you see he's feeling it too and there's there's no comfort in looking at his face you know it's not like uh, okay Vader's being really scary but obi-wan's got this like you can no, tell he's, he's overmatched yeah i wonder where they're gonna go next after this it's moving pretty quick um and what we got we already got uh, Vader and Obi-Wan clashing lightsabers in episode three. I mean, where do we... I, I can't wait to see where they take it from here. Yeah, it's definitely going to be really interesting. I'm just going to look through and see if there's... um. Oh, one cool thing, too, was on that transport ride, Obi-Wan was talking about his family. He had a brother. Yeah. Yeah, just an interesting little tidbit. I thought that was a really cool... Again, they're doing so much to humanize Obi-Wan when it seems like a lot of the previous Star Wars movies have mystified the Jedi, uh, rightly so, because the Force is a, a, a really great, like, sort of mystifying tool. Uh, but they put them up on this pedestal, and you kind of forget that. That, to me, I heard him talking about that, and I was like, oh, that's right. He was a child that was taken from his family to become a Jedi. Yep. And it like, shows you that... about that stuff. And, and it kind of exposes the Jedi Order, rightfully so. Right, and again, it, uh, we, we, I kind of already mentioned the pre prequels are, are starting to be seen in a different light nowadays, uh, in a more positive end. And now that I look back on those stories, I really think that's something that the prequel movies did really well that was underappreciated at the time, is showing the faults of the Jedi Order. Mm -hmm. They showed and how they, complacent they were. Right how complacent they were, like how stuck in tradition they were and how that tradition and complacency eventually led to their downfall. And you, you saw it in how they were raising the younglings. You saw it in how they treated Anakin and uh, even Qui-Gon in episode one, where, you know, he was a, he was a voice that wasn't really going along with everything they were saying. And yeah. that kept him from being promoted to. Yeah. They kept him off the council. Yeah. So hey. I, I just, I just have to shout out the prequels again and say they did a really good job of setting that up in those movies and then once again, you're reminded of it here when Obi-Wan's like, oh, yeah, I, I hope he's doing okay. I wish I knew him more, but I was taken when I was a kid. Yeah. And it kind of brings you back to, like, his whole life has been kind of crazy. Yeah, it has. And if you watch the animated Clone Wars, he goes through a lot more trauma. Throw that on yeah. top of where his character is now. Oh, boy. Yeah, you can really feel for him. Yeah. So, so I kind of get where he is now in this depression where he's just... And like, he, you know, we've lost the Jedi are over. Yeah, and he probably feels personally responsible because he was the one who was supposed to train Anakin, and that also falls onto the complacency of the Jedi Order. Yeah, exactly. And they showed that in the uh, in, in, in episode two. Interesting decision to show that to show how Qui Gon wanted to take Anakin on so early to the point where Yoda was like, "Hey, calm down. You've already got an apprentice." You know, so so that sort of calls into question you know how quickly did obi-wan get pushed through the trials at the behest of qui-gon in the council you know well he got pushed through the trials because he killed darth maul yeah that's true so and then they immediately promote him no they they immediately pro promoted him to a jedi knight and he has to train the chosen one right but yeah, yeah so, like, is that really the best choice to make <laughs> exactly you have like a thousand knights at your disposal you know? Right. It's, kind of it's not like Yoda just hangs out in the Jedi, like in the in the council chambers, like all day. Like Yoda's out there teaching younglings in a few yeah. scenes in there. And if Yoda's the only one or the primary one that's like 
kind of against Anakin being taught and like seen some of these red flags before other Jedi, like just have Yoda train him. Like he's yeah. clearly the one that's able to handle this. But that's a whole other thing conversation. Yeah, closing thoughts on episode three. We saw Vader at his peak, pretty much. Yeah, and uh, we get we got a little glimpse of Hayden Christensen as Anakin. Yeah, I I really want to see where they go with this series. I like the direction it's going. They're already starting to ramp up the action, but I I appreciate that it's been a slow burn up until this point because it makes it so much more impactful. Vader, it's hard to take anything else away from episode three besides Vader is just an absolute nightmare for even people that don't have the background that Obi-Wan has with him. Mm. Uh, you could be a ra- random townsperson looking out your window and Vader's a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, that's to me is the, is the takeaway is, is sort of the humanization of Obi-Wan and the absolute just terror that is Vader. Uh, really interesting to see them put all that together. Yeah, one thing I'm really hoping for is we get a flashback to the Clone Wars with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. That would be sick, because I'd like to see Hayden be Anakin again. Like, obviously, he's playing Vader, but it'd be fun. All right, so closing thoughts on the Kenobi show. It's looking great. We saw Obi-Wan fight Vader. We're seeing where his character is at, where he's going. I'm interested to see how much closer he gets to being the Jedi he was. I know he's probably yeah. going to get all the way there. I'm just, I'm excited to see how powerful he'll get in a sense. Absolutely, we're going to get there. And a question I have, which um, is really can only lead to speculation at this point, and I want to see where they go with the rest of these episodes. But how close is Obi Wan going to get to young Leia? Considering that when we meet Leia in A New Hope. She's she speaks of Obi Wan as if Obi Wan yeah. was her father's friend, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem like she has a first hand connection to Obi Wan. So if he continues to just identify as Ben in front of Leia, and then they go their separate ways, that's still going to make sense. Yeah. But if she if he starts identifying as Obi Wan in front of her, and they develop a very close bond, that might need to be explained a little bit more for continuity reasons. Yeah, we'll, we'll see as it plays out. But for right now, I'm enjoying the hell out of oh, yeah. what we're getting, man. Same here. I'm willing to be patient and give it time to kind of explain some of those things. I love a slow burn and a good story. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so far, three episodes into this series, I am putting it on the same level as Mandalorian. Like, me too. It is that strong of an entry for So, me. like I said, after the first two episodes, I wasn't disappointed. I was just kind of, like, expecting a bit more. Then that's where episode three was like, I'm getting that more I expected. And then it makes those first two episodes more rewarding because it's like, okay. I Like, yeah. the slow burn was rewarding and paid off. You know, you're probably yeah. just being a little impatient because... Like, you want to see Obi-Wan and Vader. And, like, that's probably why some people were getting annoyed by Leia and Reva. It's like, where's Obi-Wan and Vader? You know, but... Like, I get it, you it know? But it pays off so well in yeah. this episode. And I I can't wait to see where they're going next week. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, as, as the amateur cinephile in me, you know, someone who really enjoys movies and a good story and storytelling and developing of characters... I really appreciated the first two episodes, but let's be real, it's Star Wars, it's Obi-Wan, you kind of want to see some lightsabers too. So yeah. I get it. It wasn't as bad as some other people online because it's nah. the internet. The internet nah. is always undefeated and being stupidly angry yeah. about nothing. 
But I agree, even though I appreciated the slow burn, I get that some people were probably expecting it to be something else. But I think they did a good enough job of resetting those expectations in the first couple episodes that I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Well, I think that's all we got for you guys on this more podcast-type episode where we're reviewing the Obi-Wan show. And we'll probably be back here next week to break down episode four, nerd out a bit more, give insight into some more Star Wars lore and what have you. So, well, Fatty, yeah, anything? We about Star Wars uh, pretty much any time. Yeah, so, dude. I mean, didn't ramble too much, but uh, happy to come back on uh, on again whenever you need me. Yeah, man. Thanks for joining. And um, make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff, and keep watching Kenobi because this is great. <laughs>